order to... The blood will freeze in my hands. Yes. If I must suffer, humanity will suffer with me. I shall repay them for sentencing me to a life without the warmth of human comfort. I will blanket the city in endless winter. I will turn Gotham into an icy graveyard. Then I will pull Batman's heart from his body and feel it freeze in my hands. <sighs> Revenge! shit has been really her- terrible like really horrible mm-hmm. we're basically like i don't i i didn't really remember my i guess covid anniversary or whatever like the the quarantine anniversary or whatever but we're basically like here mine's like, to mine's today man like i was in a bar in the south end of boston when they shut the south end down yeah Cause I went in and I had like scraped together all the money I had. And I was like, I think we're going to shut down soon. So I am going to go to this piano bar and I'm going to give these people as much of my money as I can justifiably get rid of. Yeah. And at like 1130, a state trooper came in and just touched base with the door staff, letting them know that they, they would have to be out by, I think it was like 1230 instead of one because they were trying not to flood the subway so that happened and then he came back at, at 12 30 to make sure everybody was gone and i was getting a ride home with one of the pianists so i had to be like no i'm i'm here with one of the i'm not disobeying orders i swear um i i have a probably more than healthy fear of authority uh, i do not want to get on your bad side sir um <laughs> yeah man this shit is crazy man this whole year, this last fucking year, and it's funny, we started this podcast like a month before like shit got really terrible. Yeah. I yeah. am so excited for things to go back to normal enough that we can cover like one new movie a week without <laughs> yeah. like it having to be a whole like I hate watching the new movies. I paid for Ryan the Last Dragon because several of my friends are on the same Disney Plus. And also, I wanted to support a movie with a non-white protagonist, especially as <laughs> Disney movies go, but also not one that inherently co-signs a genocide of a minority group to appeal to China, Mulan, in case I wasn't being subtle enough. <laughs> so, like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I really wanted to do this and it felt like the right thing to do. But, like, I can't wait to talk about a movie I saw in theaters. Yeah, man, it's so it's so surreal. Basically, like, a year later, getting vaccines for this shit, like... Mm-hmm. It's it's a weird ass time, man. Super weird ass science. Time. I know. Speaking of weird ass time, Batman and Robin. <laughs> this fucking movie, bro. <laughs> this fucking movie, bro. So I watched it with like a group of people as part of Tuesday Night Movie Club. Yeah. And I maintain that this is the perfect party movie. Because the plot does not matter. The aesthetics are amazing. And like, you can tune in, get one shitty ice joke, and it's that's it. You got what you needed to get. Yes. Your parking has been validated. You get sexy Uma Thurman radiating. Uma off Thurman. The what are you, about a 50 big and tall? No, I always go a size smaller. Makes me look slimmer. Hmm. running on empty. I need the diamonds from my hideout. I'll help you grab your rocks. Uma Thurman always understands the assignment. <laughs> like, yes. she is so good 
and and like clearly she was like oh i'm a drag queen <laughs> okay she just like was like got it that's the only version of poison ivy i've ever considered cosplaying i mean that may be it may be the apex i don't know <laughs> oh man i just love the idea that it's like oh she's a drag queen but she's actually like you know biological so whatever like (laughs) if the plant from little shop of horrors was a sexy woman (laughs) it would be like this movie is so so bad very bad but it's so so fun and i love it so much (laughs) but like my dad and i tried to watch it like a couple months ago like sitting next to each other like stoically in the basement and like it did not it does not work for that no it's it's lively like it's it pops like yeah and this is actually the thing i i wrote a letterbox review and this is actually the thing that the burton movies the snyder movies the nolan movies and with the the new the batman movie has done all the camp of the 60s all the funness of that it's like completely tarnished it's completely washed away Everything is uber serious. Everything is ultra heightened. And the stakes are always at a million. This movie's like, they're playing hockey with a big ass diamond. <laughs> they, yo, the extreme sports, they did skateboarding, they did uh, rollerblading, they did hockey. bikes or, or like motocross would be more accurate. They did that. They did the skydive on a surfboard. <laughs> Cowabunga! Um, But, like, I think Batman Forever is the perfect intersection of camp and, like, actual stuff. I think that Batman Forever is is that mix of, like, the people who are in it for the camp stay for the camp. They stay for the queer baiting. They stay for the the Joel Schumacherian-ness of it all. But also the Batman people aren't insulted by it. Yeah. And then Batman and Robin is just, like, hard the other way. Why not send Junior home early? I've got some wild oats to sow. Forget the geriatric bat. Come join me. My garden needs tending. Batman and Robin does not give a shit about Bruce Wayne at all. No, fuck him. Fuck his feelings. They only care about the the banging twink he adopted. <laughs> whoa, no hey, to, hey, whoa. No, no need to lie. <laughs> no need uh-huh. to lie. I never picked up on this until this viewing. In every Batman movie you can think of, they always try to extrapolate Bruce Wayne's origin or the psychology of his parents' death and him being a loner, whatever, whatever. Oh, do you, do you mean like Dr. Chase Meridian? Oh, yeah, let's get him a psychiatrist. Like, let's let's just put it all out there. And <laughs> Batman the, the, the drag queen from the last movie <laughs> basically oh my god basically and batman and robin alfred literally says four sentences to tell you why bruce wayne is batman and that's it is there something wrong sir alfred am i pig-headed is it is it always my way or the highway? Well, yes, actually. Death and chance stole your parents. But rather than become a victim, you have done everything in your power to control the fates. For what is Batman, if not an effort to master the chaos that sweeps our world? An attempt to control death itself. It's it's movie four. We don't have time. Like, we we, need to know why everybody else is the way they all are. We we need Alicia Silverstone to be covered in soot and and kicking ass in rubber suits. We don't need dialogue. But I think my fundamental, like, the thing that I've realized about the Schumacher-Batman collection, I don't know what to call it duology is that they clearly think that the 60s batman the adam west batman is funny by accident they think it is tongue-in-cheek by accident 
They do not understand that Adam West knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah. And so I think that they're like, oh, we are going to make a movie that takes itself very seriously, but is campy and funny by accident. And like, no. (laughs) I would say with the exception of Uma Thurman, no one is in the right movie for that. George Clooney (laughs) as Batman slash Bruce Wayne could work. Can we have a quick sidebar and just... Is George Clooney a good actor? I think he's on that Richard Gere sense of he just looks beautiful, but just don't give him too much. Have you seen The Descendants? No. It's a movie about, uh, I believe, his wife has died, uh, and it's he's in Hawaii, and and Shailene Woodley is his like daughter, and like they it's it's about them like dealing with the aftermath. Like he didn't ever think he would have to live without her, and like whatever, and like he does a lot of acting lifting in that movie and like i was like oh okay like you can do this and i've never seen him do it again i mean he does this have you noticed he does this thing where he'll say something and then he'll bob his head like (laughs) well that's the general hospital thing oh he he'll say like yes alfred and it's, so- he, it's from General Hospital. I'm not even kidding. You can see when he was on that soap opera where he learns to do it. Oof. He was doing something in Roseanne too, in like 88, 89. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. I mean, I like Out of Sight. Out of also, Sight was cool, but. Hey, Casamigos Tequila, if you would like to sponsor a podcast. I'm a big fan of Randy Gerber as well. <laughs> I I would love to uh, get a briefcase full of a million dollars worth of tequila. I think it's very clever the way that you combined the word casa and amigo into a portmanteau. <laughs> I agree. I agree. S- send me some tequila, you sick son of a bitch. Um. <laughs> so you think Clooney could make Bruce Wayne slash Batman work? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Except they gave him like six lines and all of them are like, you don't know what you're doing, Robin. And then Robin's like, you're just mad because Poison Ivy wanted to smooch me. And I'm like, yes, with her murder. Poison slips. Also, (laughs) uh, shout out to, I guess in Batman Returns, they were initially going to introduce Robin. Oh, oh yeah, I think I heard that. And, And pardon me if I've told this story on the podcast before, listeners, but it wouldn't have been since like our second episode so if you've actually like gone back and listened to our second episode wow (laughs) that was so nice of you thank you so much don't forget to donate to our tip jar anyway um but like (laughs) he was gonna be a little black boy that bruce wayne adopts same robin's story just boy of color Um, yeah marlon wayne yes and they had produced the toys and then they cut him from the movie for time which honestly the idea of them trying to introduce robin in in a movie as perfect as batman returns like <laughs> i really can't blame them for cutting it i mean i don't think any kid needs to be in that movie with all the sexual tension between the penguin and everyone else in talk about the sexual harassment because it's not tension it's uh, harassment <laughs> You sent out all the signals. My God damn. So to quote one of my favorite PSAs, this is sexual harassment and I don't need to take it. You're lousy manx. But like, yeah, right. So they produce the toy and then he isn't in the movie. But then they say, hey, he's going to be in Batman forever. Great news. It's Chris O'Donnell. And so the toy makers go, great. Okay. And they make every toy white there so the chris o'donnell batman toys are white children with high top fades i mean you know as chris o'donnell is wont to do because his hair grows vertically yeah (laughs) naturally of course um (laughs) and definitely not because and he's like also like two heads shorter than the batman toys because that's how Chris O'Donnell looks. Not at all because it was a cheap last minute repaint of a toy to sell more toys. Exactly. Exactly. 
are you familiar with hot toys hot toys are these very like exclusive like collectible figures they're like the posable figures that like you could take a picture of them and post them on instagram and like people might think that's a movie still like they're that level of like good no i've never seen that no the chris o'donnell one that they just announced for batman forever has a porn star bulge like it looks like he's got like two and a half dicks stacked end to end i mean robin in that wood i mean (laughs) goes hand in hand a burden hands worth two in her bush you know what i mean (laughs) oh man anime bulges but it's it's also a very joel schumacher because like I feel like his his movies get aesthetically shit on a lot, and I that is one thing that I will I will not take that not at all because he in my mind brings a really cool different dimension to Gotham by adding that like these Adonis statues that hold up parts <laughs> of the city, but then those are the same like body types that are on the Batman and Robin suits. And yes, you could argue that it is a gay man fantasy, but so are all superheroes. In some way, shape or form, the homoeroticism got to come out. It's going to pump out. And it may hit someone in the eye. Hey, I don't think it's bad. It's different, but it's Um, that aspect. I would argue is not bad. Like this movie's terrible, but there are a lot of levels that if you, like we said before, if you go into it just wanting a fun time, if you're not wanting it bogged down by like the ultra seriousness of all the other, literally like what dozen other Batman movies, yeah. like you you can enjoy this one. Like, and we didn't even touch the God Arnold Schwarzenegger, literal ice God. I literally think if you change the script, there's a good movie here. Yeah. Because he's acting his ass off, but because he he's Arnold Schwarzenegger and he knows exactly who he is and exactly what he's capable of, he is a very convincing man in ice who knows he can't cry because it's going to freeze. Schwarzenegger is an underrated actor. I think it's we all f- accept that. He can I think he knows exactly what he can and can't do and he really nails what he can do. Yeah. Like, he can do what he can do really well. The Rock trying to have Schwarzenegger's career, the biggest thing The Rock, well, two big things that The Rock cannot overcome is that one, The Rock is not a good actor, Schwarzenegger, and two, he just picks shitty movies. Arnold's 90 run is legit top five male actors. For Schwarzenegger... He really kind of got it from the mud. Like he was yeah. a guy who any other person, his limitations for English and not he speaks he speaks the language well. It's just like the articulation of it. Right. Um, any other person would have took him down. I might him. argue that, that like Dolph Lundgren is a really good example of like he gets kind of bogged down in his like accent. In fairness, yeah. he also kind of has the charisma of a wet towel. So like yeah. That might be a part of it. But I I don't think we're done with The Rock as a movie star yet. I don't think we're close to done. I hope we are. I hope he gets, I hope he makes better choices. I don't think he will, though. Not everything has to be a winner, but like we could do with a few fewer skyscrapers. But before we pivot, I'm definitely going to be putting the Arnold Schwarzenegger track of all his quotes in this episode, so don't fret. What listeners. killed dinosaurs? The Ice Age. The Ice Man cometh. I'm afraid that my condition has left me cold to your pleas of mercy. No! In this universe, there's only one absolute. Everything freezes. You are not sending me to the cooler. What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age! Can you feel it coming? The icy cold of space. Ah. After you're frozen, your icy tomb will plummet back to Gotham. Please, well. Stay cool, bird boy. Can you be cold, Batman? 
You have 11 minutes to thaw the bird. All right, everyone. Chill. Which is a lie. Um, <laughs> I also love the way he says bird boy. Like, it's so... Great. It's so great. I do not think this movie is, like, the best. I don't think this movie is good. I think this is super fucking fun, though. And, like, I would go to a Batman and Robin-themed party. I would host a Batman and Robin-themed party. It's so weird, like, the color color pops. I never noticed until now, maybe because the TVs are just way better now. I had no clue his suit was iridescent. Yeah, yeah, the black with the silver also. Yeah, Three hero costumes they end up in at the end. Yeah. Why haven't we ever done that again? The multiple suits. That was was actually pretty decent. But also the multiple cars. I love the cars in these movies. They just went for the fun. They went for the fun. They went, you know what? We need 30 Happy Meal toys. And Joel Schumacher went, don't worry, I'm on it. You need 30, I'm going to give you 50. How's that? Yeah, pick your favorites. It for sure is a sellout in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like when he pulls out the the very clearly American Express or whatever. Oh my God. The, oh my I never God. leave the cave without it. Oh my God. That was so bad. Oh my God. That shit was but you. But you laughed, right? Because yeah. I that happened and I went, and I knew it was coming. Oh my God. I forgot it was coming until he whipped that shit out. Then I remember what I was say. Like, I want to go to a rave that is Batman and Robin themed where they're projecting it on the wall Ooh. with oh, no black sound. Lights. Ooh, the black light section too. Ooh. Yeah. Schumacher like, in these black lights. He, he it, gotta get it. Like, literally, what Joel Schumacher made was the perfect movie to throw on at like a dance club. Big rave vibes, yes. And and everyone went, oh, why? And I'm like, because it's a music video. He made an amazing two-hour-long music video. Vivica Fox, man. Ooh, 90s Vivica Fox. Talk about your cold shoulder. God. Breezy. I'm feeling hot. I find that unlikely. What do you say we heat things up? My passion thoughts for my bride alone. Talk about your cold shoulder. Frosty! My last thing about Batman and Robin, you know my favorite thing about this movie? The woman scientist, the black woman who's a scientist in this movie. Yeah. She was in Batman Forever. She was Bruce Wayne's secretary. (laughs) She pivoted from secretary to scientist in the movie. So I would love to give a quick shout out to Bruce Wayne for paying his employees a living wage and clearly supporting them going to night school, but then also providing a, a loyal, a, like a company culture that in, inspires people to grow. Yes. Uh, yes. Because absolutely. like she, she clearly got her degree and he was comfortable promoting her while trying to keep her in house because she believed in the mission of the company. And I really think that's something that we should aspire to more as a, as a capitalist culture is loyalty. She was definitely going to night school, working her way through, and then graduation happened. And Bruce was like, you know what? There's a job waiting for you, kiddo. Right. And, like, I think that's really beautiful. I do as well. I do as well. That's really the best narrative of this whole movie. (laughs) My daddy's podcast is called Hyphenation. It's the world's greatest podcast. Barack Obama proof. On Hyphenation, my daddy talks about all kinds of cool things. And sometimes I'm on the podcast too. Sometimes he has his friend Marcus on. Sometimes he stays up really late and he's tired the next day. But it's worth it. But he loves his podcast and I love his podcast. So I really want you to listen to Hyphenation. So daddy doesn't get sad. He really doesn't get sad though because he has me. Alright, please listen to Hyphenation. Thanks y'all. Love the podcast, so please, please, please try to join. But if you know it. Perfect. Thank you. Can we hear it now? What, uh, which movie do you want to pivot to next? I think we should probably do Blade, because I have a feeling we're going to agree on Blade. I've been led to believe my opinions on Daredevil are apparently quite a hot take. 
So. Oh, you didn't watch. Tank I think Girl? we're gonna close with that. You don't watch. Oh, Tank were we Girl? doing Tank Girl? Yeah. Fuck. That's fine. Fuck it. We'll talk about Daredevil. We'll get your high takes on Daredevil. I fucked up so bad. Oh no. Oh, it's OG. No, nah, it's not a big deal. But no, nah, so let's talk about let's talk about Blade. I had never Ooh. seen it. Ooh, okay. I, I I definitely saw it when it came out. Definitely saw my, it came out. my I was like, hey dad, here's my list for this week. And he was like, I I you, you could not pay me enough to watch Batman and Robin again. And I'm not even on your fucking show. <laughs> but I, I've never seen Blade, so I would watch it. And I saw Daredevil in 2003, but I would be interested to check it out. But if it sucks, I'm going to just leave. So <laughs> the worst part is like... It's trash, big trash. No. Well, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I have some strong feelings about it. I have feelings on both ends of the spectrum, I'll say. Okay. Because I, I like really loved a lot of it and I really hated some of it. So it works out to like a, it's like a C movie for me. So I'd never seen Blade and dad was like, I'll like sit down and start it. But like, I'm probably not going to finish it with you. Like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, whatever. It's on HBO Max. So like you can finish it whenever. And we sat down and watched it in like one sitting and a little because we were both like, we want to finish it now. But like, it's midnight and I have to be up for work in six hours. So like (laughs) we turned it off and finished it the next night. But I really liked it aesthetically. I think it's a treat that said, and I know we're going to talk about this a little bit more next week, but was the only alternative culture in 1999 floor length black trench coats. I mean, and then I'm assuming that fell out of fashion immediately after Columbine. Like, uh, a bit. <laughs> I'm thinking of the movies actually in the late nineties when just like Neo, the black aesthetic and then like black trans goes like that. Like, so you have matrix blade. They redid shaft with Samuel Jackson. That was a long black trench coat movie. Right. Um, Spawn, which was not technically yeah. a trench coat, but basically just a all cape. Black. Yeah. Um, I think they did Punisher uh, yep. maybe a little bit after this, but well, he has the Punisher movie. He has the my my favorite Punisher suit, which is the skanky 80s suit with the go-go boots. Yes. Uh, which I have emulated in previous Punisher costumes. Um, <laughs> and boy, will I emulate again. <laughs> it's so funny because Greg's like, I'm like, I'm I'm the Punisher from the Netflix series. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm like the Punisher. <laughs> with my thigh-high white heeled boots and my <laughs> glitter-blasted machine gun named kelly nice i'm the playboy version of his like the punisher kills corrupt cops fantasy nice yeah yeah we're we make we make a good team um (laughs) but yeah so first of all i didn't know anything about this movie except like i think a lot of people have told me previously that it's been like kind of forgotten in a way that like is upsetting because it's very good yeah, it's weird even considering it like a cult classic, but it kind of is. Like, it does have a cult following behind it. Yeah, and I immediately saw, I was like, oh, this this could be a midnight movie. Yeah. And I don't mean that as a, as a dig in any way. Like, I'm a big, I love me a good midnight movie. Yeah. But it had a really good story, and it worked, and yeah. I really enjoyed it. And, it- like, at the... The end when he drops Karen in a pit and is like, say hi to your old friend. And I was like, oh my God, it's the boyfriend from early. Like every every time they wove in a loose end, I got really excited that they wove in a loose end. <laughs> I was like, oh, look at like that they, they reincorporated that thing from earlier. And like she gave him that, I don't know what to call it, the serum, right? At the end. To, and that's uh, why, like, it didn't to which, make him more human. Oh yeah, yeah, he didn't want it. Yeah, and that's why it like maybe didn't work. Like the the bringing back the the blood god, like it kind of worked, but it was a little janky. My dad was like, "Why is it like janky and fucked up?" And I was like, "It's because she gave him the shot." And he was <laughs> like, "Oh, right, because it might have changed his blood." And I was like, "Yeah." So like, <laughs> we had a really like good time, like kind of keeping track of different aspects of it. Yeah. And then as soon as it ended, we went over and watched the trailer for Blade 2. 
in which Whistler is still alive. Oh, um, spoiler alert. After he, well, it's in the trailer. <laughs> it doesn't count if it's in the trailer. And both my dad and I were like, that was a really good standalone movie. Do we want to watch the sequel? And then we were like, but why is Whistler still alive? Like, so I think I only watched Blade 2 once when it came out. I really don't remember it. I never watched Blade Trinity, but people people who watch all three, they say Blade Trinity is like the best one, maybe. So it's probably worth checking out. The other thing that I really liked about it is until the last like half an hour, the effects were not 1999 CGI. There was a lot of makeup. There was a lot of practical. And when there was like CGI, yeah, it was not gummy bear cgi and then in the last half an hour it was suddenly like oh this is nintendo 64 blood yeah this is the original doom yeah but that's that does kind of go to the sands of time where tvs are better and we can really see the seams for the yeah but back but then I, it wasn't it was actually back then you really couldn't see the seams it was pretty cool back it, then. i uh, there's like a couple of scenes where the blood flow especially yeah i was like you were clearly doing this practically earlier and now are not doing it practically. And I just wish you had stuck with doing it practically. Cause like the bone skeleton flying things like, okay, <laughs> fine. Render those in CGI, but they're moving so quickly. You can't really like tell, but the blood splatter, I was like, no, no, no. Do what you were doing before. Cause that looked better. Yeah. And now we're in a scene with better lighting and you're making it worse. Why? Uh yeah. It's it's one of those things. Well, I mean, I don't know also liquid, like, like that can't really flow, but I, I now understand like I wanted to punch Deacon for fucking Blade's mom. <laughs> like Yeah, this kid was just odd. He's a eugenics uh guy, like he's he's uh he's all over the place, man. It's nice to finally meet you, man. Had my eye on you for years. I know all about you. Your serum, Whistler, everything. Sunblock. Hey, it's a start, right? The goal, of course, is to be like you. Daywalker. You got the best of both worlds, don't you? All our strengths, none of our weaknesses. Well, maybe I don't see it that way. Oh, so it's back to pretending we're human again? Come on, spare me the Uncle Tom routine, okay? You can't keep denying what you are, man. You think the humans will ever accept a half-breed like you? They can't. They're afraid of you. And they should be. You're an animal. You're a fucking maniac. Look at them. They're cattle. Pieces of meat. What difference does it make how their world ends? Plague, war, famine. Morality doesn't even enter into it. We're just a function of natural selection, man. The new race. Looks like your mascara's running. It's like finding out the, the neo-Nazi from your local 4chan board is fucking your mom. Like, it's <laughs> what a weird thing. And she's um, black, like goddamn. What a what a weird thing you don't want. <laughs> never, absolutely never. Steven Dorf, I'm actually surprised he was just in a, he was an attractive white man in like '90s. I'm really surprised his career didn't do more. I feel like he should have at least been like the smarmy asshole in a few more like memorable smarmy asshole roles. You know what I mean? Yeah, he could have been. Like, he, he could have been a club promoter and some weird seedy sex thriller. There's a lot of, like, things he could have done pretty well, I feel like. And yet still been, like, attractive enough that they would sell posters of him in Hot Topic. But back to Blade, though. Back to Blade. Yeah, when this movie came out, definitely saw it on illegal pay-per-view cable. Shout out to my cousin. Um, hey. And it was definitely, as a kid who loved, grew up on action movies, it is a thing that, yeah, like this is a movie that was kind of of the conscience, but it kind of came and went. Even though uh, Wesley Snipes is, you know, someone in like black, you know, movie culture in the 90s, 
he's definitely up there with like Denzel in a lot of ways. Like he like the movie choices that he did in the nineties were all fairly, fairly solid. And he's actually a pretty good actor. It's very clear to me that this movie was really tailored to what Wesley Snipes could do well. Yeah. You know, like this really like it is a movie that, that in my opinion really allows him to just like fly off the screen. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate up hill. To to imply that he pops in this film, like, you know, he pops off the screen is like an understatement and kind of an insulting one at that. He is all up in there and he is amazing. Yeah. And I think he probably only feels about four feelings throughout the course of this whole movie. (laughs) And that's okay. It's so funny because at one point, like, uh, Whistler starts explaining his backstory and my dad and I were like, can we just keep it? Just <laughs> get back to Blade. Come on. Yeah. This is not why we're here. Uh, you know, a, a super quick sidebar. Uh, Sanai Lathan, who played his mother, they, yeah. they did an HBO movie a few years. Actually, I don't think it was even a few years after. I think it was like within the next like year or two together. It was uh, called Disappearing Acts. Oh, it was in 2000, so it was really close. And that's all, like, drama. And, mm-hmm. like, they have a great chemistry in that movie. But, yeah, Wesley in the 90s was, like, a really, really good actor in this way. And this is in time when he was, like, very into, like, the action movies. And mm-hmm. he kind of leaned into a little bit, I think, maybe too heavily because he ended up doing, like, kind of a movie like The Art of War or Murder at 1600, where... Actually, it was a. They were good, solid movies. They were basically like solid C action movies, and they would get replayed on TNT like infinitely. Mm-hmm. So while it wasn't necessarily like the grandest of work, he actually still kind of lived He's on. He's probably still making bank from those residuals. Yeah, the the rewatchability of those movies is high, and Blade is and Blade's like the first one to kind of do that for him. I will just say that this movie and the one we will be talking about next even though it was the wrong one because i'm an idiot i really liked because they're not mcue oh they're not well they're not yeah they're not yeah they're not plugged into anything else yeah 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 and i think that i'm interested to see because i know marvel has announced that they're making blade yeah and also like i i'm a big old mahershala ali stan so yeah, he's on a remarkable run, yeah. Yeah, but like, I'm so excited to see how they're going to tell the story differently because I think that Blade, first of all, I'm going to be evangelizing about this movie for a while now. <laughs> but also, I think that there are some beautiful opportunities for differences in storytelling around yeah. this character and these events. Even if they tell the same story, like beat for beat, I think they can do it differently and well. And I'm really excited to see how they choose to do that. Yeah. Because I think there's, even if they just make Blade a little more emotional, that's a completely different movie. There are so many cool sliders that they can play with on this story that could cause it to go completely different to different depths and different places. And I think that's going to make a really, a special contrast. I'm just really happy this Blade movie was not made in the Twilight era. It would have been very terrible. It would have been very different if they would have made it in like the late 2000s. It would have mm-hmm. been it would have been a shit show. I do wonder how they're going to explain X-Men and Blade in this universe now. If I had to guess, they're probably going to blame like the anomalies probably on the deletion of the Infinity Stones in this one uh, universe. I think it's going to be in a completely different universe. Oh. I think it's going to be in a universe that we we end up finding out the existence of due to Doctor Strange and slash or Wanda Maximoff because she's a Nexus. Maybe Spider-Man, like the multiverse of Spider-Man shit. Please, God. <laughs> can 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 Blade show up in a scene and whoever the MCU's My- Miles Morales just be real confused because he sounds just like Uncle Aaron? Like, Hilarious. please, please fuck up my whole life. I'm not <laughs> using it anyway. <laughs> Man. I like the characters here. They're not a comic I've ever read, but I like the character here. I like the story that they chose to tell with it in the first movie. I like that it felt complete enough as a first movie, but like, I'm not 
so offended a sequel exists, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. But like, it was a complete little universe and a complete movie, and it did a good job. And I hope the second one is good. I'll probably watch it at some point since it's on it's on HBO Max. But like, it was good. It's cute. I enjoyed it. Happy to do it. I mean, it's imagine going to a rave and then getting blood showers. Like, what kind of trip will that set you on? I don't know. <laughs> the first 10 minutes of this movie are pretty remarkable. Like, you just I... throwing into the movie. It's great. Yeah, and, like, it was really funny because, like, the blood started coming out of the sprinklers. Yeah. And I was, like, looking over at my dad, and I was, like, oh, he's going to leave. And then he, he was, like, I'm waiting for Blade to get here. <laughs> and then he got here and he's like, I'm staying for the duration of this picture. And I was like, all right, Hilarious. cool. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Malachi. And this is Alejandra. And you're sitting on the couch and your life is passing you by because you're not watching Insert Name Here. Catch us Wednesdays at 8 p.m. on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you missed us, you can catch us on Friday on Spotify and Amazon. Yeah, obvious nonsense, gang, gang. Hyper Podcast Squad, you never take us down. Go ahead and look up the Daredevil soundtrack real quick. Okay. <laughs> you know some words I haven't seen in a long time? Mm. Huba stank. <laughs> God damn. Listen, I... I'm fairly certain that the, I learned what ironic appreciation is because of Hoobastank. Because there's been no point in my life where I thought, oh, Hoobastank is good. But there have been times in my life where I went, I am enjoying hearing this Hoobastank song, but not because it is good. I mean, isn't that kind of like the Nickelback thing where it's like it was, it was on a pop since they were popular, but then everyone realized I really hate Nickelback. And then now it's like, are we really fronting on Nickelback right now? Never made it as a wise man. I couldn't cut it as a poor man stealing. Tired of living like a blind man. I'm sick of sight without a sense of feeling. And this is how you remind me. This is how you remind me. that Nickelback has like one really good song <laughs> and they spent they spent the rest of their time as like a band trying to do that again I mean, and it never worked I mean, that's a lot of bands a lot of bands to be very honest so Oops. I would argue that Rockstar is like actually one of their best like one of the best pop songs of the 2000s and change and i mean like i mean that like weird like also hoobastank like pop rock kind of weird subgenre thing yeah. their name is fucking hoobastank <laughs> right but like rockstar is a deconstruction of aspiration <laughs> And I, I think it does a really clever job with that. And then they have like, this is how you remind me, which is basically just a list of questions that they successfully answered in Rockstar, but could not successfully answer ever again. Nah, bro. And yeah, I'm looking at this track listen for Daredevil, the album. It's fucking, oh my God, this is Isn't like... that the most 2003 hot topic mall goth shit you've ever seen this shit has fuel seether nickelback nappy roots moby evanescence, and evanescence. twice like this shit is so crazy bro <laughs> Fucking. i'm i'm so sorry but i'm not sorry we have to talk about this because i am overjoyed because this was the most fun i've had watching a movie that i've been told i need to hate for a while i will watch tank girl at some point i'm sorry i'm i'm a bad podcast co-host i totally <laughs> understand if you come up to boston sometime and just run me over with a car like it's fine well no that's a euphemism that we use for other things i'll let someone else do that job cat but 
So why do you love this movie so much? I don't know that I love it so much, but I have been told my entire like young adult life because this movie came out when I was like seven, six or seven. Ooh, I was graduating. I was graduating high school in a year when this movie came out. Neat. Um. So <laughs> I, I had never seen it, but I had seen a lot of like reviews about it and commentary about it and everybody told me that this movie is the worst yes i only saw it once so i saw it once i really don't even remember the ending but yeah at the time the, can, the pop is, culture just was it was terrible if it's not too much trouble can i ask you to watch it for next week and we can debrief well We'll just tease this on this episode, and next week we'll, we'll review Daredevil. I'm so sorry. Does that mean we're doing four movies next week? Matrix is long. Last Action Hero is a little bit long, and RoboCop is not long. I feel morally obligated to revisit The Matrix. Last um, Action Hero, Anders is begging me to watch. It's so good, man. And I also feel like I need to see RoboCop. So I'm game to do the three. If you're game to do the four, then we're good. Yeah, I'm going for that. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is I'm willing to bet. I'm going to put this on. I'm going to put this on the episode as well. This is all a tease. I'm willing to bet you're going to like RoboCop the best of those three movies. It's just a, it's a fucking ride, bro. It's an absolute fucking ride. I can't wait to watch it again. I haven't watched it in like maybe like two years. Maybe mm-hmm. it's, it's really great. Last Action Hero. I think you'll appreciate that movie, but I think RoboCop is going to be the one you, you like the most. So... I've got a couple thoughts on Daredevil. So I do think that the last half an hour of the movie is the weakest. And both my dad and I felt pretty strongly about that. It goes from a very, like, honestly, a, I won't say it's great. It's not. But a decent movie that's taking its time to tell a kind of complex story to, oh, shit, we've got a half an hour to wrap all this up. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's how bad action movies work <laughs> apparently the the director's cut kind of fixes a lot of that but i was not prepared to to donate two and a half hours of my life to this before i even knew if i liked it enough i think the other weakest aspect here is electra's characterization i think jennifer garner is acting really hard with a performance that does not give her much to work with but the moments that she's allowed to shine, she's fucking radiant. All right. There's a lot of 2003 era action cliches in it. I enjoy a lot of those. So I think <laughs> those are fun. But I think this is this movie ends up in a, in a similar space to Batman and Robin, where I had a really good time watching it. I would not maintain it's a great movie. Well, yeah. I can concede this probably going to be the thing that I get as well. But... I also think it has a surprisingly deep emotional core, especially with like Daredevil's weird like issues around other kids. So he has a a sequence fairly early on where a a little kid sees him like kind of roughing up his dad and it totally sends him like spiraling because he watched his dad get killed or rather saw the immediate aftermath of his dad getting killed. So there's like some very legitimate conflict there. And then they were like, we need this soundtrack to sell a million copies at Hot Topic. I mean, hey, we man. need this soundtrack to be the only thing you play in Hot Topic until 2026. Hey, man. They did what they had to do, man. Shout out to Seether. Seether is... Shout out to the emo kids who love Seether also. And I am aware now of how everything's gonna be There's also a great smash cut to a funeral at one point, and it's like the it goes from like the like fight music to like I'm so tired of being here, and like I literally that I think the shoehorning in of the music is honestly the biggest shortcoming of this movie. 
<laughs> there are a lot of shortcomings, but that is the most like glaringly obvious like studio interference. So apparently in the movie they played uh they had the white stripes also and they had NRD's lap dance. Like <laughs> this is but, 2003, boy. Holy shit. It's not it's not great and it's not great art, but I would argue it's the second best movie that I watched this week. Oh shit. But the last fight between Daredevil and Electra and Bullseye is all set to wake me up by Evanescence. Oh, 2003. 2003. And I was smiling so hard, my face ached the next day. I mean, did this soundtrack kill rock bands? Like, <laughs> Lab Dance is a classic. That's actually a classic rap song. Well, oh, shit. Well, Peter, do you know what song I'm talking about? Yes. Have you ever seen the uncut video? Nope. Ooh, put the kids to bed. I'm I'm pretty okay keeping it that way too. Um, I don't know. And that is the episode dismount. Wondering about NERD uncut music video. Follow Cat at Cat underscore Chinetti on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Follow Marcus at Show and Mad Love, S H O W I N M A D L O V, on Twitter and Letterboxd. Follow the show on Twitter at Cat and Mark and join our We Should Do This Again Sometime Facebook group. Be sure to read us at catseesmovies.tumblr.com and the Mark Rob, T H E M A R C R O B dot WordPress.com. This podcast is executive produced by Kellen Conley and Eric Greenlee. Thanks for listening. We should do this again sometime. Cheap. All right, everyone. Chill. 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 Okay, okay. Before we go, recently I hit up and someone asked if me and Kat were going to review the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League and I immediately dismissed it but I got to thinking this is a movie I know for sure I do not want to watch but for the right price maybe if you tip your waitress Catherine hyphen Chinetti on Venmo and the tip is big enough maybe we'll just watch it for you who knows Again, if the tip is big enough, we'll do whatever it takes. <laughs> Again, that's Catherine hyphen Chinetti on Venmo. See you next week. Peace. This, this is, is a hyphen podcast production. Are you not entertained?